0: Hello, everyone. It's episode three. Can you believe it? We made it to episode three. I can't. You can't? Yep. That's my co host, Matt Friello. Jello, how's, how's the past week been for you? Honestly, uh, it's been eventful. I've
1: uh, spent a lot of time out in the sun. Got some uh, rosy cheeks and some sunburn. But other than that, uh, no complaints. You know, just chilling, big chilling, living life. How about you, man?
0: um sports has been very depressing for me the last couple this past week since we last talked uh come I mean, obviously manchester united lost so we'll get into that but cubs looked like garbage against the brewers they somehow won a series against the cardinals too but i don't know how that happened the offense is it's, it's something i'll just say that and then they just give up Hey, uh, it's just at least uh, the Bulls are back. That the, the Bulls, Bulls are back at least. Yeah, the Bulls. We just found out they got the fourth overall pick coming up in the draft. So uh, hopefully we don't screw that one up. But you know, of course we get in the top four picks. I'm like, hell yeah, maybe we can get the top two pick. Nope, fourth. But you know what that means? I don't even know who we I even want. I was looking at the yeah, mock draft. It was some Israeli guy going fourth so, earlier today. Denny so.
1: Denny Avijo, baby, ride the Denny train.
0: Just give or me the best of av- best available enough, of
1: that. That's enough about the NBA, though. Yeah, it's yeah. enough but, NBA, though. We're the Dueling Reds. Let's get into it.
0: Yeah, I was say it's been a. I was happy to, uh, to to start this episode though, just so I can have a little pick me up from the sports week I've had. So it's good to see oh, you again. Word.
1: Would have definitely been a lot I, I kind of going back to it, I would have been significantly more sad for this podcast if the bulls did not
0: get a top four pick, so I'm happy that yeah, yeah, so I mean, go bulls, but you know we got a long way to go, but you know what steps in the right direction, I guess we'll just yeah. talk we'll just touch on since last time we had a lot of games happen since last week in the champions league we we had to uh, we talked about the p s g at atalanta game after it happened because that was the day I recorded it, but we missed or we didn't miss, but there was three other quarterfinals that happened during this week that, were, that are between episodes. So First one I guess we'll touch on is RB Leipzig 2, Atletico 1. Pretty much that was just uh, Atletico just getting clowned for their anti-soccer, anti-exciting style of play, just getting dunked on by America's finest Tyler Adams you know we got we got Americans scoring winners in the Champions League now this is I had a tweet out there on my I mean personal account saying we need our national team members to be playing in the Champions League and not for the MLS teams or or Fulham I mean if you're if you're offended by that I don't know why you why you would be because France their, their their players aren't playing in the MLS so I don't know. I, I it's it's good to see a young American get out there and uh, contribute in a huge way in, a, in the biggest club tournament in the world.
1: Yeah, it's going off that MLS thing. Like I've known, you know, previously over the last few years for the U.S. national team specifically, it's very often the case where an MLS player is favored in the team and the lineup over a player that you'd say has experience in a European league. Like, I know before this last year, uh, there was a lot of, you know, controversy, especially in the midfield section for the United States and the defense and pretty much everywhere, to be honest, uh, about, you know, a discrepancy in the, in, like, in the talent between, you know, who's getting picked in the starting lineup and who's sitting on the bench. But I think they're starting to come around. You said Tyler Adams making, you know, big waves, scoring a winner. Um, but to touch on the game, uh, we, we said it was going to be a snooze fest. And it kind of was until the last few minutes. Uh, Atletico sat back as expected and did absolutely nothing on offense. And Leipzig ran at them for the entire game. And at the end of the day, they found themselves a winner. And Atletico found themselves the couch to watch the semifinals.
0: Yeah, I guess the last thing I want to touch on is um, also side note, I don't pretend to be a major expert on the U S men's national team. So if there's things that I say, oh, neither do I, or that you it. say it might not be extremely correct. I'm sorry. We're sorry, but I mean, I don't, I, don't, I really only care about the men's national team when I, when it's like world cup qualifying time or the world cups happening or the gold cup or whatever's happening. So that's the only time I really get dive deep into it, but I guess another highlight I want to touch on. Yeah. I would you probably need to need really add to it, but up uh, up uh, Uba the center back for Leipzig that game, was unbelievable. He was a standout for me. He was probably my player of the game, for sure. And then I guess moving on, it's um, probably the most shocking result of the entire Champions League of, of, of the season so far, except maybe Atletico beating Liverpool was the Barcelona 2, Bayern Munich 8. So, I mean, that scoreline brought back some yeah. good, good memories for me. So it was I I missed the first 30 minutes of it so of course that meant I missed all a lot of goals but pretty much it just I rewatched the first half up until like where I actually started watching it live and I saw like Barcelona had some chances really they sh- could have put some of those away and it would have been a whole different game but absolutely Bayern Munich was way more clinical than Barcelona and then the end of the it is just Bayern Munich just or Barcelona, just looked like they just gave up. And it, it was kind of sad to see, but also at the same time, it's just you're going, to, you're going to up against the German machine in Bayern Munich, so you got to expect them to give 110% until the final whistle. So, I mean, it's embarrassing for Barcelona, but, you know, it's was, it was still a historic night.
1: Yeah, um, I, for one, uh, I wasn't surprised. I definitely picked Bayern to win this game but I was surprised at how dominant they were. You know, everyone was, you know, you're never expecting to score eight goals in a game. And when you do it against Barcelona, it's even more incredible. Um, A few things I specifically want to touch on. Uh, First things first, the fact that that Bayern scored four goals against Barcelona and Robert Lewandowski didn't even get a touch. He, He didn't even get a shot on goal until the fifth goal. I'm pretty sure of the game or however many goals it was in. And, that in itself is incredible because he's the best striker in the world. And, honestly, in my opinion, if the Ballon d'Or it, – it, it, it got canceled this yeah, year, right? they, they it canceled got, it. I don't know
0: why they did, but I canceled. think it would
1: have been a no-brainer for Lewandowski for Ballon d'Or if everything was not canceled this year or, like, with all that. His resume is insane. Um, yeah, he's sitting like, 50-plus 50 50, goals yeah. this season. Champions League – uh, final, they, they're pretty sure they won the Bundesliga, like it's Bayern. Oh, yeah, they so, And then also I want to touch on real quick, because I know we can talk about how dominant Bayern were, but everybody knows how dominant they were by just looking at the scoreline. But I really want to highlight Thomas Muller in the fact that he's gone from one of the best, you know, attacking forwards or attacking midfielders, right midfield, you know, he plays all over the field and now he's transitioned into what could be seen as a holding midfielder. And he's absolutely incredible. He's like, he hasn't even needed to revive his career, but it's like he's an entirely new player and he has absolutely been incredible for Bayern these last few games. He's been dictating the flow of the offense. He's been in everywhere. Uh, He's been setting up teammates around the net. He's been in great positions and he's been, playing like the Thomas Muller that people saw however many years ago. I'm not saying that he had a drop in form of all over the pitch and now even deeper in like he laying even deeper into the Bayern midfield than he ever has been before.
0: Yeah, I mean I was listening to a little bit of the post game after the game because it was just such a crazy game. I was like I just wanted to hear what people had to say. I mean there was a bunch of stuff come out but, uh like, Barcelona, there's a bunch of changes that were being made immediately after the game is over. But, yeah, going back to Thomas Muller, apparently they're like, – because I don't follow Bayern Munich that much. And then I was like, yeah, Thomas Muller the past couple years, you didn't hear about him as much as, like, he was, like, in the early 2010s when he was on top of the – like, he was dominating the game, especially at, at the World Cup level. But they were saying that, like, the manager they had before and really just – he – he only used Thomas Mueller as kind of like for emergency purposes only. And Thomas Mueller is just, he's a better player when he's just uh, he's in the game, the whole game, you know? So yeah, his position, I don't even know what position he is out there. He's just kind of just, he's just free form. I, free I think form. He's, listed well, you know, he's listed as a center. Yeah, He's listed as, an attacker, but he's everywhere out there. So I'd love to see a heat map yeah. of his of like of the ground he covers. But yeah, he's such an integral part to that team. Especially with him and Levin Dawsey. That partnership is just lethal. But and yeah. you're adding
1: Leroy Sane.
0: Yeah, Le- Leroy Sane next season as well. I mean that team is gonna be I mean Bayern Munich, I mean, if you look at their team top to bottom, they're starting at eleven their bench. They got eighteen players, eighteen to twenty two players that Walk into most teams in the world, so yeah. There's
1: not much. There's not much holding Bayern back from being the best team in the world, right now, especially in terms of form. I know I've been saying over the last few weeks that Man City, you know, is proving their worth, and we'll we'll get to talk about Man City. But after watching like post lockdown, you know, Champions League, especially like Bayern is on another level in this in this Barcelona game. This A two this A two demolition, kind of proves it to the rest of the world that didn't know already.
0: Yeah, and it was also coupled with Barcelona. Just it's kind of an end of an era for them. I mean, they're well, we'll we'll touch on it a little bit, but yeah, there's going to be some players moving on afterwards after this season. Uh, you brought up Man City. I don't know what they did against Leon, but they just they were unrecognizable. Terrible. They were unrecognizable, really. I mean, credit to Leon. They did what you need, what you need to do against Cities, Hit them on the break and take their chances. But Man City was just toothless in attack.
1: Yeah, I mean, we. Th- th- I, I mean, thought.
0: I thought when they were when they equalized, Kevin De equalized, that they might have got to find a way to get through it. But yeah, it's just it's just the, it's just the inconsistency that Man City's had this season. It's really the reason why yeah. they aren't the team that we're used to seeing. Yeah, it was
1: really bad across the board for Man City here. Um, The first thing that stuck out to me, I watched this game. uh, First thing that stuck out to me, I know we talked about it last week, Phil Foden, he didn't even get a chance to play. Uh, Someone who I said was probably one of their most electric players on the ball at the moment, bar Kevin De Bruyne, obviously. Um, He didn't even set foot on the field. And I'm looking at the player ratings right now. I had I looked at the player ratings right after the game was over, and I wasn't very shocked. But I'll I'll read through a few, uh, just like to show you how bad Manchester City's to kind of visualize for our listeners, I guess. Ederson with a four out of ten, Laporte with a three out of ten, Cancelo with a two. Like De Bruyne was the man of the match for Man City and got a match rating of a six. Um. Like this is one of the best teams in the world we're talking about, and they got to be better. Uh, on the other hand, though, Dembele for Leon or Leon club hero um, heroic yeah, performance. I, I
0: told you guys, watch out for guys like Moussa Dembele and Memphis Depay. Like they had, had they had to show up in order to beat Man City, and they did. And it was also coupled with Pep Guardiola. Just what was he? Think? I don't even know what, if he was shocking. Thinking, it, it, was, it was a bad bad game for him, bad game for Man City. But yeah, though, So that was. That wraps up the quarterfinals. Quarterfinals was super interesting, super fun to watch pretty much. We had a good result. we had like good storylines in every game. Good games in yeah, good games all around. And then you move out of the semifinals and you just get two snooze fests pretty much, three nil no wins on both both games. Two I mean, PS- very expected victories. Yeah, PSG, three nil no over RB Leipzig. I mean the only thing that's stands out to me is that Neymar needs to finish his chances and hopefully we can see that in the final, but yeah, I mean, PSG is just – just done dust. It's just – it they're moving on to the finals. And then Bayern Munich, Leon, 3-0. I mean, Bayern Munich, um, yeah, it was just – business was done. Leon missed some chances early, but, I mean, if they didn't put those chances away – if they would have put those chances away, it would have been a different game. But, yeah, Bayern and just – they're too good in order – they're just too good to not put your chances away when you play against them. So, yeah, that's yeah. – uh, that's uh that's unfortunate for them do you have anything to add for either of those games
1: um not not really at all um just three o both sides uh we were expecting bayern to get the result we were expecting psg to get the result no surprises here um but obviously this sets us up for a really exciting final two teams that you know are known for their offensive firepower Uh, you know, you got PSG with Neymar Mbappe, Di Maria, the works, and then we just talked about Bayern. It's going to be two teams going at each other, high press, high like high energy, and they're going to be trying to score as many goals as possible. Now, of course, since this is two teams that are, you know, used to shootouts. I wouldn't be surprised if we get a 0-0 no, or a one no, one and go to penalties. I, I, I don't agree but with that. I don't agree with that. It's I'm just saying it I'm I'm expecting I'm expecting big numbers in the goal column here, but at the same time it yeah, it
0: is it wouldn't be, you know, sports without an unpredictable result. So you never know. Yeah. I mean Sunday this game's at Sunday at two PM Central Time. The best time there is. Central time's the GOAT, so I will not say yeah. any of the time. Imagine,
1: imagine being on Eastern
0: time. The Eastern time, if you ask me. <laughs> Couldn't be. But, us. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, what I'm looking forward to in this game the most, honestly, is how Bayern Munich, because throughout this knockout stages here in, in August, they've been playing this high line against teams. And PSG, if they can just take advantage of Bayern's high line, Neymar and Mbappe, just two of the quickest players on the pitch. Whatever game they're in, it's gonna be. It'll be interesting to see how they cope with that because Bayern Munich. I've been, I've been watching them, and it's just like they play this very high line when they really don't need to. If they can just, if they drop off four or five yards, maybe I think it would shoot them a little better for this game. But we'll see if they stick to their guns on that because I expect Bayern Munich to create chances and to finish those chances. But it just comes down to PSG able to exploit kind of this high line that Bayern likes to play and if Neymar can finally put one in the back of the net cuz there's going to be chances for both teams so i just think it really comes down to if PSG is, is as clinical as Bayern Munich and i think Bayern's going to win this game i hope Bayern wins this game i'm not the biggest fan of i'm not the biggest fan of PSG but yeah i'm hoping for a good game at least i mean it's not the end of the world if PSG wins or but I just don't want one nil or something like that. Give me some, give me. We need an early goal. Hopefully, early, hopefully if we get like two goals in the first 20 minutes, hopefully maybe one, one, like what a 30 minute mark, maybe or something like that. The, the game will just play out well, but yeah, we'll just, hopefully we can just get a good one. Yeah. Um, in
1: terms of our prediction here, uh, it's definitely tough for me to pick a favorite in terms of fandom. Uh, You know, being from America, I don't, you know, have a lot of chances to watch, you know, the European game. And these are two teams that, albeit, you know, it was in the preseason, they have come to Chicago or we're near. And I've seen both these teams play in person, which, you know, gives them a personal tie for me. Uh, However, that's completely irrelevant to the result. Uh, You know, I think I think Bayern is going to continue to flex their muscles here. I don't, like, I obviously think the PSG has a very stout defense. That's why they're, you know, in the final. But I don't think that they're going to be able to handle the firepower of Bayern Munich. And and with that being said, I don't think any defense in the world really can handle the current form that Bayern Munich is in. They just look too insane on that high press. They look way too confident on the ball. They have no weaknesses anywhere on the floor. Anywhere on the floor. Excuse me. Anywhere on the pitch. Uh, And just yeah, I'm saying I'm saying 4-2 is going to be my final score. And I think Lewandowski is going to
0: score three goals and get the Champions League goal score record. Oh yeah, I heard. I saw that he was close to tying Ronaldo or beating Ronaldo. I don't know if I don't know if Lovendowski's going to get. I mean, that's that'd be just the guy I'd want to stop first and foremost. But you got to worry about guys like Serge Gnabry and Thomas Mueller, and then you got Alphonso Davies running up and down the left side. But yeah, it'll it'll be a good one, one, hundred percent. It it. I mean, we, everyone was. I mean, I was kind of cheering for like the underdogs to move on, just because it's fun to see kind of the underdogs win sometimes, but.
1: Yeah, of course. It, it would have it
0: would have been it would have been a rough final if it was PSG versus Lyon. I mean, or like Bayern versus Leipzig. I mean, it's I'm glad it's two superpowers, or or like super clubs, pretty much. Honestly, it's like it's like old school versus new school, kind of. I mean, I know PSG's like they're, I mean, they're not uh, a classic old club that's like a hundred plus years old, but they've been around for fifty years or so, but. They, I mean, they they really epitomize just kind of the new money, the oil money kind of thing. While Bayern Munich is the classic. I mean, I guess they're not. I mean, Bayern Munich's not that old either. But they 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 run each other. They're run like a proper uh, soccer team. You know, so. traditionally s- successful yeah. and very deep in competition. Yeah. So it, it's just two types of team building and like and it's two types of uh, kind of styles and how you build a team, kind of facing off here. So. It'll be interesting to see who gets the upper hand. I'm just checking here quick to see exactly when Bayern Munich was founded because I know they're not that old. Yeah, they're actually no, they are old. 1900. I don't know what team I'm thinking. Yeah,
1: I I, I thought they'd been around for a little while. There's
0: a, there's a, sure. there's, a, there's a there's a team. I don't know who it is. It doesn't really matter. But there's a team that's uh that's pretty I don't know high profile. That's not battle maybe it was psg I was thinking, well rb RB, rb leipzig is one of well, them oh well, yeah that they're like 2009 so yeah so i mean i don't know maybe i was just thinking of psg just and just trying to think of it maybe there's another team that was like that but yeah it doesn't really matter it's gonna be a good one on sunday and then absolutely looking forward to it yeah two o'clock central time on sunday cbs all access or at three o'clock Eastern time. Eastern time. Um, so I guess before that tomorrow we got the Europa League final. I mean we'll touch on the semifinals a little bit. Inter destroyed Shakhtar five nil. I didn't watch this game. Expected. I mean I was I was hoping I was going to watch this game, but I'm glad I didn't in the end because five nil is bad because I just wanted to see how Shakhtar played honestly. But the reason why I didn't watch that game is because Manchester United lost 2-1 to Sevilla. So I was just, I was feeling down. I wasn't, I'm not, I wasn't, was not feeling great after that game on, uh, I don't even know what day it was. Monday, maybe, Sunday or Monday. Um, Yeah, yeah, time flies when you're in despair. Yeah, it was, it was, it was not, it was not a good one. I mean, Manchester United started off really good. Uh, won a penalty early on. Uh, I mean, the the defender almost broke Marcus Rashford's leg. I mean, I think it was a bad tackle in the box. And then Bruno obviously puts it in one nil. Yep. And then this is this is where it gets bad though. It's just in the and then later on in the first half, Sevilla equalizes. Just a calamity of errors in the back. Just Aaron Wambasaka is just super far behind his man. Just gets beat. I don't know what I mean. He doesn't get like like the dribble doesn't happen. He just like there's a runner going by him, and he he just doesn't pick him up. And then it's just too late. and He's just trying to get back. The ball is crossed across the the box. Harry Maguire is not even looking at the ball. Brandon Williams is just nowhere near his man. And then Sevilla just slots it home. Top to head can't really do anything about it. So they equalize. Whatever one one. You know I'm still feeling pretty confident at this point going into. going into the second half. I was like, you know, we're going to get this win. Now we start off the second half. Manchester United was just all over Sevilla, all over them. Just chances after chances were being made in the first 10, 15, 20 minutes of the second half. And, of course, the keeper, the second game in a row, now that the keeper that uh, uh, Manchester United has gone up against has just had a game of his life. I think the keeper's name is Bono, had like nine or ten saves. So got most of them in this spell of time and I mean. Save a, a shot from Greenwood. Save a shot from Marcial. There's a but they threw their bodies in front of a bunch of shots as well. So they were able to withhold the pressure, and they were able to just keep us out, and then they were able to get by that little spell of play, and then the, the equal or the, the goal to put them ahead, two one, just oh, just all four of the back line for Manchester United, embarrassing. It was embarrassing. Is infuriating, honestly. Brandon Williams is a right back playing left back. He's 19 years old, so he's inexperienced playing out of position. Let's a cross go in. I mean, first off, just don't don't let the cross go in, because Sevilla have not made any chances all game by themselves. They've created nothing all game. Um, he lets the cross go in because he's playing out of position. He's right footed at left back. He's just trying to block a cross with his right foot, so he's like reaching across. With his body, if you're a left-footed left back like Luke Shaw, if he was healthy, he'd be in there. His left foot up, he'd been in a block cross. We wouldn't even be talking about this. But the cross goes in. There's three Manchester United defenders there: Lindelof, Harry Maguire, and Wamba soccer, just standing there, doing nothing. They're not even marking the gut. The Sevilla player, I remember, flat-footed. I, I, whatever. I mean, it's just. I don't even remember who the Sevilla player was because I was just so just focused on how bad we looked at the back right there and just header just nobody's marking him. just heads it past De Gea. i mean De Gea's like standing there it's like he can't really do anything about it It was a tap in, pretty much but it was bad and then you got bruno is the only one out there showing leadership is just like he knows that this is the this is we pretty much lost the game because we're not going to get very many chances because Sevilla's just going to sit back and you know defend this leaf last 10 minutes or so but yeah, we, there's a clip going around on Twitter and I there's rival fans that are trying to be like, they're like, oh, inject this to in my veins with Bruno and Victor Linda Lafiani to each other. But I was like, I'm glad Bruno's out there yelling at people, showing a little bit of passion because the goals that they gave up in that game were just inexcusable. I mean, yes, I know that at the other end, we should have maybe put away our chances, but we should have won that game one nil. I mean, the only goals that, the only reason why Sophia scored is because we made two, defi- I mean, Two mistakes at the back that were just a collective of. I mean, it's pretty much just two mistakes, but it's just a collective of just just mistakes all around in the back. The back line was terrible. I mean, the midfield. I could talk about the midfield for a little bit for Manchester United. Fred, Pogba, Bruno looked great, great that game. Fred Rad, masterclass as always. Fred, Fred was. I mean, Fred was has been a little bit out of favor recently. Hasn't had that good performance, but he can't. He was great. And that game, I'm, I like to see it. I mean, M- Matic has been playing a little bit better than oh, not a little bit, a lot of bit better than him recently. But I, I, prefer. I, if it was up to me, if there was going to be a player that was going to perform at a high level, at a consistent level for Manchester United for the next season or two, and you had to pick between Matic or Fred, I would love. I'd give me Fred a hundred times out of a hundred, just because. I, I mean, Matic does have the experience. He brings a little bit of a calmness to the game, but I think Fred just brings something a little bit more if he's on his game. It just really depends if he's if he's on his game. He can, re- he can really showcase what else he brings to the brings to the team in terms of, like, putting a tackle in in the midfield. Just energy, just way quicker than Matic, too. But midfield is good up front. Martial was solid. Again, Greenwood, he's solid. But Rashford is atrocious. He was bad, how bad he was. Um williams just do not link up well on that left side but uh yeah i mean i can go deeper into the i mean it was and also the subs were pretty late too but i don't blame ollie for that because who are you gonna bring in off the bench i mean our bench is terrible so yeah i mean it, I'm not. I'm not at that point where I'm ready to explode and really just rant and rave about how poorly this this club is run from the owners and the board. But it's just like yeah, you, you, the reason Got to remember, you have Champions League next year. I mean, yeah, but that's just like it's not. It's not the point at the, right, right now. It's just that these games that we're having in the Europa League and then like oh, the project restart, we were able to distract ourselves from the fact that. Because we had these games coming up quick and fast that so we could just distract ourselves from the fact that this team has issues, and we were able to paper the cracks out for a little bit, but our luck ran out or you know it, it just we just kind of, we just finally ran up was, another thing is is the best game we've played as a team in weeks, and we lose i mean it's just because we made two mistakes at the back and it's just infuriating, but if if we end up not signing Jaden Sancho, I will, I will spend 45 minutes just ranting. But I won't. Well, I'm not, I'm not, just I'm, the rant, you're going to want to tune into that one. I'm not at that stage yet because I still – we'll talk about transfers in a little bit too, but I'm not at that stage yet where I'm ready to just uh, – just ready to lose it. But just a lot of similarities from the past summers and the past managers that we've had showing up again and it's the fan base is getting unsettled and it's just not it's, it's not looking good and uh, we got a lot of issues to fix before the season starts which is very soon so yeah hey it was a it was a bad loss it was it, it, it was i mean yes it was a bad loss in singular day but also it kind of just highlighted what's really wrong with the club as a whole as well so there's a lot of things to be fixed on so i mean it, the Europa League – I know it's supposed to be the Europa League final kind of little preview, but that's going to be tomorrow at Friday at whatever time, 2 o'clock, Sevilla so versus Inter. I'm not going to watch it. 3 o'clock Eastern time. I, I don't think I'm going to watch it. Uh, I think Inter is going to win. I don't blame you. I'll,
1: I'll, I'll watch it. I'll probably watch it.
0: I mean, if I'm not doing anything tomorrow, I might just t- turn it on or something. But I don't know. It's just – it's the Europa League. At the end of the day, the only reason why I'm watching the Europa League, anyway, is because Manchester United is in it. So, you know, Inter will win. Sure enough. Inter will win two nothing or something like that. I don't know, but yeah, I mean, that it was a tough end of the season. I mean, we it was the most up and down season that Manchester United have had in probably a couple of years. Because, like, the Jose years, I'm thinking back. Well, we got second place with jose. It was just like we got second place, but we were miles behind city um the season after that obviously got sacked uh, and Ole came in, but in the season before that I mean, we won the Europa League or whatever, but I don't know it, it is just up and down the season. Thank God it's over kind of I wish we were playing in the final, but now it, now now this is real where the real work starts and it's the, in the it's in the transfer window so. I know Liverpool is looking to do a deal here soon uh, with uh, Tiago Alcantara, the, you know, the Bayern Munich midfielder who's playing. Who's in the starting 11 for this team. So are you uh, well-versed or you know a lot about this deal? Uh,
1: I mean, honestly, um, as I always am, as I have explained over the past few weeks, um, I'm very skeptical with Liverpool transfer talk. Um, I don't believe anything until I see it on the most official – of official uh, you know I will talk about Tiago though we've talked about him in the past um, quality player holding midfield I'm going to keep it quick we've really already touched on him I don't I don't have any more updates really at least you know 100% confirmed updates uh, you know there's rumors speculation that there's you know a fee or you know that there's terms that have been agreed between him and the club and whatnot but i'm taking that with a grain of salt at this point. He's got a Champions League final to play in. Uh, you know, Liverpool notorious at this point, you know, in the management, you know, with not spending money or spending a lot of money, that is. Um but kind of like i would i would love to see the signing. I definitely don't think he could hurt obviously. He's an elite ball-holding midfielder. He's really good at keeping possession, distributing the ball to his teammates. But I'm not believing anything yet. Uh, not on the Thiago train at the moment.
0: Yeah, I, I'll just say um, Christian Falk on Twitter, who's really well-versed in what Bayern Munich's ins and outs transfers and stuff happens, he's saying that negotiations between Liverpool and Bayern will, will start after the Champions League tournament. Regarding Tiago, so I think you know he's like twenty-nine years old. I think thirty million might be the price that, range.
1: That is, that is my one worry: is that he's you know, you know, thirty or twenty-nine coming up, coming up on thirty isn't necessarily you know old, but
0: yeah. But I, I,
1: how long do from we from your from your perspective do see him maintaining his form?
0: Yeah, but this is a short-term deal. I mean, you, you're just looking for another player to take yeah. you back up two kind of champions of europe again so i mean it, it, at this point you're not really focused on these deals that other teams are doing they're like oh maybe they're gonna work out well now but also in five to ten years time they'll still be on the team i mean you guys are looking to just retool a little bit tweak a little th- little uh, things here and there just to kind of find that edge again because you know the season's starting up again you you want to change things up a little bit so yeah i mean yeah, yeah. I mean it'd be a good deal I think. I mean if I was still cool fans I, would, I mean I
1: I agree uh, I think it would it'd be a great piece of business.
0: I would be I would be excited about that deal honestly. Uh, I guess we'll talk on, touch on some other Premier League teams. Uh, we can start with Tottenham I guess. They signed Willian
1: up. Willian moved uh, across London. We uh, can talk yeah. about we, that. We,
0: we can t- we can touch on Willian going to Arsenal as well. Yeah, it's a free deal. Uh, I
1: think it's good Man just hates
0: I think it's a good signing for Arsenal. Uh, I mean, it's free. He he brings something else to the team. I mean, he looked really good at the, after the restart. So I don't know if I was just playing yeah. for a contract or something, but I think that's a pr- pretty decent signing. they Arsenal's also looking at a center back, Gabriel. He's a 22 year old, 20 year old, late early 20s, uh, left footed center back from Lille. Arsenal, like Arsenal fans think he's close. I think he probably might end up going to Arsenal, but Napoli's interested in him, but I think they'll only sign him if Cali Dukulabali is sold. He would probably go to Man City, honestly, if he's sold. Yeah. But there's also rumors that Manchester United are, is involved, but from what I've been reading, that we've only been talking to their, hit, hit the player's agent. He has two agents. We've been talking to one of them. Um... And we haven't really talked anything with the clubs, like with Lil, so I don't think that's going to happen. Even though I would – he's like 22 million, 20 million, 25 million, so he'd be a perfect signing for us. I mean, we need a left-footed center back, but I don't think we're going to be in front of him, which is kind of disappointing. Uh, I was going to say, yeah, Tottenham signed pierre Emil Hoiberg from Southampton. Joe Hart was signed on a free. They let go of Michel Vorm, so Jose, Jose Mourinho likes to have his cup goalkeeper. So, I mean – no, you can't do much worse than Joe Hart. I mean, yeah, he's had, he's not as what he used to be, but, you know, he's a Premier League winner. So, I mean, you got some experience when he's going into the Got a sick leave now. <laughs> you got to go – you got some experience in, in between the posts when you plan to care about Cup teams against, you know. I don't know. Yeah.
1: You know, something I, I did forget to touch on a little earlier when we were talking about Liverpool transfer stuff, um, I did see some news. This is – but this is by no means um, – Confirmed or anything, this is you know relying on a lot of things. But one of the top stories around Liverpool right now is that Barcelona manager I don't know how you pronounce his last name is it Coomen? Is that uh, how it is? It's, like,
0: it's like Kumin or something. I don't know, it's yeah, yeah, it's excuse Dutch. the mispronunciation, it's it's, 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 really it's Dutch.
1: <laughs> um, anyways, uh,
0: former Everton new Barcelona manager. manager,
1: bless his heart. Uh, anyways he really, really likes Jeannie Wijnaldum. And there's been multiple reports saying that he wants him in Barcelona after Wijnaldum's contract runs out next summer. Um, That's just something to look forward to, or not necessarily look forward to, but to look out for in the future. Um, You know, Jeannie Wijnaldum, as many of you uh, FIFA career players, you know, you might know he always goes to barcelona in the career modes so you know <laughs> yeah i mean well, the fact that he might be getting even see, a shade of a lick of a rumor is kind of hilarious to me
0: yeah i mean i mean obviously computer fifa transfers is obviously not representative representative of well, real obviously. life but you know it, it, I, if I was Barcelona, I'd stay away from that. He's gonna—he's like 29 years old now. I mean, you got to be looking for new players. We can talk about Barcelona a little bit. According to the new manager, uh, Coleman, though, he's saying that these are the players that he's listed that are 100% staying and are not for sale. Lionel Messi, Osmond Dembele, which is good news for Manchester United fans because if there was rumors of him being a Jaden Sancho alternative, don't want him. Injury prone. He's spent his last year playing video games, so... Should it have never the game. Ha- the ha- hamstrings like breadsticks. Don't want them. The goalkeeper to Stegenstein, center back, Lengley, Semedo, Nelson Semedo, the right back, Frankie De Jong, and Antoine Griezmann are not for sale. So that means some big players like Luis Suarez is available. Gerard Piquet, available. Rakitic. Sergio Busquets, maybe on his way out. Rakitic. I mean, all those guys are up there in age, but, you know, if you're... Uh, Vidal yeah there're a bunch of players so like if you' if you're one of these top teams that are looking for experience or looking for maybe an extra player you can bring in to either come off the bench or just add something you're starting to and that you don't have Barcelona's got some intriguing offers I mean yes they're at the they're a little long in the tooth in their careers right now, but you know there's those players are still some still quality. quality players but yeah it'll be interesting how much business Barcelona's able to do since the season's starting pretty soon so uh, yeah. um
1: staying in Spain, uh, David Silva. Oh, yeah. about that. Um yeah. Manchester City Club legend yeah. you know came out a few days after you know his last game with a rumored move to Lazio and that got a lot of negative attention. And then he baited everyone and now he's signed I think a three year deal with Real Sociedad and I think that Sociedad got themselves, obviously, you know, David Silva, Manchester City club legend, one of the most, you know, notable players on that team over the past 10, be. 15 years. Like, just insane, insane quality, insanely technical player. I think he's going to fit the Spanish game well. Uh, and him and Odegaard are going to link up. Real I, think nice. a, I think
0: Odegaard's going back to Real Madrid. Um, oh, yeah, so.
1: that's my that's my bad. Well, him but and I'm not, uh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not 100%, 100% sure. That. Guy.
0: I mean, I don't know much about Real Sociedad, but I you do know Lazio is very upset with David Silva, kind of Oh yeah, last second just snubbing them and moving on to Real Sociedad. But, you know, I mean, he, his career was going to be over at Man City, so it's good for him to move on. And I guess the last thing we want to touch about for transfers. I guess I'll give Manchester United's kind of updates. I I did talk a little bit about Gabriel maybe happening. I don't think it's going to happen. Those rumors are just kind of throwing Manchester United's name in there, I think. Jaden Sancho. uh, There's a story that came out this morning from The Athletic saying that Joel Glazer is getting involved in this transfer to try to get in the way of it. I mean, it's just at this point, Jaden Sancho, it, it, it's not like a couple years ago when Jose Mourinho wanted to sign Ivan Perisic and they, the, the team stood in the way, the, the, the board stood in the way, and the owners stood in the way for that deal happening because it's Ivan Perisic. I mean, the fans were a little torn on that, but every – man- felt out of curiosity
1: for that signing. How would, how would you have been? Oh,
0: it I, would would have have it. I would have loved it. I would have loved on Paris. I would take him now. Yeah, that's a good saying. I would, it. I would love I'd would, I would take him now, come off the bench, honestly. But yeah, that story came out. I mean, obviously, it's a negative story, but I just, yeah, I just think it's just another, just a little wrinkle in the tail to add another week or two to this deal just so they can finish this deal off late, five, six weeks late later than it should have happened and then the big well we ran out of time, we can't do any other other deals. So yeah, I think I think the signing will still happen. I mean, unless Jaden Sancho comes out and says he's not he's staying with Borussia Dortmund or the transfer window is shut and Jaden Sancho is still on Borussia Dortmund. I still think it's gonna happen. But and then there's another rumor coming out, Bournemouth player David Brooks, forty million forty million pound Euro move or whatever. Uh, another he's out for a year with an injury we've had bad records with buying players that we bought injured uh i.e. diago dallo um eric Bae. i mean they've come to the club and have just been consistently injured since they've arrived so uh, that's the last thing we need is to sign another british player who's injured and for 40 million and for 40 million
1: right no, he's British. He's he definitely British, Welsh, um,
0: Scottish, Northern Irish, Irish. I don't care. We got to get away from these aisles and look at the continent for signings because for forty million, you can get Donny Van de Beek, who is ten times the player David Brooks is. But I don't know. Manchester. I I, I. I just. It will be a part of a rant that could happen if certain things don't go our way this summer. Or the rest of the transfer window. I'll get into it, but. It's just another another case where the manager makes Champions League and the board and their owners just don't back them in the transfer market. The only time they get back is when they were trying to make Champions League. We get into the Champions League. Look what happens. The manager doesn't get back. He gets fired, and we're back to square one. So, yeah, I'm not I'm not, I'm not there to explode yet, but you can, I, I'm sure you can tell I'm a little frustrated with how – I mean, it's been not yeah, – ever, ever since that loss to Sevilla, it's just been – it's not been a fun week for Manchester United fans. I mean, I'm sure it's been a fine week for the owners and stuff because they're making money off of all of us and just not investing in the club. I mean, they're just taking everything they can out of it. But, yeah, it's been a frustrating couple of days, couple of weeks. It's, I mean, but, you know, at least we have things to look forward to, and that is the new Premier League fixtures. They released this morning. Uh, that's why we pushed yeah. back. uh, uh that's why we pushed back the episode till today, so we could talk about these games a little bit. Um, let me pull up some of these games here. I mean, I guess we could start with. I mean, I can, I can talk about some Liverpool stuff. Yeah, we can uh, start. We can start. little
1: starts off against Leeds. Yeah, we can start off with Liverpool's um, schedule.
0: They got an interesting schedule to start things off with.
1: Yeah, as always, you know, just a really interesting start to the season. Uh, we go. Leeds, Chelsea, Arsenal, start the season, uh, followed by Aston Villa and Everton. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. definitely not the easiest group of fixtures. Uh, two massive games with London rivals,
0: Mergeside. the you know Merseyside
1: derby, and then Leeds. Who you know, as an American,
0: it's just the unknown. I don't know much about Leeds, but everybody hates Leeds, so that's a big yeah. game too. So. Manchester United one of the biggest rivals is lead, so I'm looking forward to that, but yeah, I was looking at Liverpool's schedule uh yeah, I mean that chelsea game the nineteenth that'll be a good one september nineteenth nineteenth it's Absolutely. Really familiar starting off with a bang pretty much, and then kind of looking through it uh some other big games You've got City on the seventh of November, looking at the chris- the Christmas fixtures um Palace on the nineteenth of December, West Brom on Boxing Day, and Newcastle two days after that with Southampton on the second of January. So uh, that's kind of an easy Christmas schedule. I we got say. Liverpool, Man U. We got Liverpool, Manchester United. January's, three days after Liverpool, Burnley. Yeah, so Manchester United, Liverpool, January sixteenth. That's our first meeting. That's at Anfield. They put Manchester United, Liverpool at Old Trafford's May first. And I just, I saw the most sickening thing I've ever seen in my life today. It was just. Oh, was I was just, gonna.
1: It, I was gonna mention this to you. It was so out of hand. I I know exactly what you're about to talk yeah, about. It too. It was can, like, yeah, was just like
0: I'll let you say it. Yeah, I think it was Mark Ogden. who was like, "Yeah, there's, based on how the, the fixture list played out, yeah, Liverpool could win the league and lift win the league at Old Trafford." And I was like, "You know what? If Liverpool no, is going to, up there, winning maybe winning the title again next season. I guarantee they're not winning at Old Trafford. Even if we're twentieth, I, I I I won't allow it to happen. I'll fly over there and I'll give I'll give the team talk. Like I, that's not happening, I gone so. domestic. So yeah, that I mean the, I mean that's, I mean we're yeah, usually, dude. Mm-hmm. I
1: woke up this morning and checked the ESPN, and I saw that, and you know I was. I was gonna send it to you. That was my first reflex because the first thing I thought, I was like, "Wow, that's pretty bad. That's a pretty, fry, You know, that's a pretty hot take right there. You know, predicting the future I so mean, far I away. Mean, obviously, uh, with so many contingencies.
0: It's The fifth to the last game of the season. So I mean, I mean, I, yes, Liverpool won the title with a good amount of games left, but it'll take good effort for them to have a season like this again. And also – Yeah, I take a, do take a, not a, think they're going to do that. I anymore. also think the Premier League will be a little more competitive next season. Uh, exactly. Yeah, touching on – Yeah, I guess looking throughout the other fixture list for Liverpool. I'm trying to see which one's the toughest month for you guys. I, I mean, September's pretty tough. Right I think it's away. the first one. I think it's the first one for sure.
1: We got, yeah. you know – we're facing leads who are, you know, newly promoted. They're gonna have a lot to play for. And then, you know, that Chelsea team, like, they're gonna be some. I don't really know what they're gonna be because they're gonna have a lot of new talent, but they're gonna be they're gonna be pretty damn good. And that's a game that I'm, you know, looking forward to as a fan. Uh definitely not looking forward to, you know what the Chelsea fans have been saying is going to be some, you know, pretty ridiculous fluid link up between their new signings. But, you know, that's in the future, and we can't really predict the future. Yeah,
0: I I think so – What we can hope for is the best. I think it's an advantage that you're playing them that early, though, just because they're not really quite used to each other yet. I mean, they'll still probably yeah, be – Yeah, I, I will say. I think they'll be better than last year right away. But, yeah, I mean, I guess that's a positive. I'm just looking through, I think, January – just Burnley, Manchester United, Tottenham might be a little tough stretch, but I don't know. It's Liverpool Liverpool, and their fans will expect to win those three games. Uh, Manchester United, uh, our first game of the season was supposed to be against Burnley, but that game's postponed because uh, we made the semifinals of the Europa League, so they're giving us an extra week off. So our first game of the season is actually the 19th September. Match week two against Crystal Palace at home, and then we go to Brighton, West Ham away. Oh, wait, no, I'm going to get it wrong. I'm sorry. It's Crystal Pass at home. It's our first game of the season, match week two. Brighton away, Tottenham at home, Newcastle away, Chelsea at home, Arsenal at home. So tough start to the season, I'll say. Really tough start to the season. Yeah. We, it, looking at those first six games, 15 points minimum are required if we want to be serious this season. But it's going to be a tough one. It's going to be a tough start to the season. Uh, Manchester Derby's the Manchester United Man City at Old Trafford's December 12th. First time we play Leeds is on the 19th of December. And then we got Leicester City Boxing Day Wolves two days after that. Leicester City Boxing Day is going to be a great game. Yeah, it's a way to we usually have boxing, yeah. boxing Day at home, which is kind of disappointing. Yeah. We've yeah. we little got West game. Brom
1: on Boxing Day, so uh, you know, yeah, could be yeah. Yeah, you know, it's a, the Magpies. You never know.
0: It'll be a 5-0 win, probably. Uh, we got Liverpool. We touched on that. Arsenal off. away, January 30th. February, we've got Chelsea away, the 27th. Man City away, March 6th. Tottenham away, April 10th. Leeds away, the 24th of April. And then, uh, yeah, Liverpool at home on the 1st of May. And Wolves, the last game of the season away. And what I what I drew from this is that, A, really tough start, and B, all the home games against the top six teams are so early in the season, we might not even have fans for them. So the home field advantage is kind of gone right away. I mean, I've been seeing things that maybe some fans will be allowed in around that time, but I don't know. I mean, of course, it's just all the tough games, apart from the Manchester, the Manchester United-Liverpool game on the – May first, or early in the season, where there could be no fans. So, yeah, that's bad. Yeah, um, going along with that, like, I'm really, really
1: interested in how they're going to start integrating fans back to the in-person, you know, standard that would set in sport in general over the last however many years with spectators. Um, and that leads me to pose a question. Uh. It might seem like pretty common sense right now to answer it, but, like, would you rather have, like, an awkward – like, how many fans do you think are going to be in there? How many do you think are going
0: to be allowed in? Honestly, I think anything more than zero fans is a positive. So it might not be full capacity right away, but, you know, anything's better – any fans is better than nothing to me. So yeah. And like I, just, I, I was
1: gonna, I was trying to get to this question. Sorry, um, I was trying to get to that was that was like a preliminary to what I was gonna say. Would you rather have like no fans or like a hundred fans intermittently scattered throughout the throughout Old Trafford? I'll say. I
0: mean, give me a hundred fans, honestly. I mean, it'll just be, it'll be, it'll be like something extra to pan the cameras to. It'll be funny. it will also be kind uh, of just. I don't know, it'll be it'll be exciting just to see that we're back on the right track in the full capacity. I mean, we got to take steps at a time. Hopefully, we can get a vaccine soon, so people can just take the vaccine and we can just get out of this mess. But I mean, yeah, Europe and and UK is a little ahead of us in terms of that. But I mean, absolutely. Even in the NFL, like like I think first eight, first game of the season, the Chiefs. Uh, the Texans, I think, I think they're trying to have fans in it too. So I don't know. I I, I think fans are coming back sooner than, I mean now maybe not sooner than we think, but it's going to sneak up on us that fans will be allowed back in these games. So I think uh, at least I, at least I hope so. At least I'm just trying to stay positive about it. So hopefully it's sooner rather than later. I'll take any fans at this point. Yeah, we did
1: have uh, some, actually some controversial fans, uh, FC Dallas I think it was um, allowed fans at their games yeah and not. then there was some controversy with some stuff going on there I don't I don't really know that much it just came up on my Twitter feed um, so there were fans and you know America's you know made the step to you know that was a live sporting event with you know a, you know a considerable amount of fans compared to you know the sports we have, you know, live on TV, like right now, we got the, the Lakers-Portland game going on right now in the NBA, and there's obviously no fans there besides the players that are in the NBA bubble. But, um, yeah, we got live sports fans out there in Dallas. Um, but I, I'm not very well-versed on this, but they were being controversial from what I can see. So that's interesting, I think, something to maybe look think, out for. I
0: think it was just because the team didn't want the national anthem to be played, but then they played it anyway and then the coach got upset about that and then fans were upset with him oh, being and then, upset about the national anthem being played it's just it's in general it's just down the rabbit hole it's just unfortunate that there's things like that going on but yeah uh, yeah i mean we can move on I, I just want to look at some of the other the kind of opening games of the season for some of the bigger teams. Manchester City—they're in the same boat as Manchester United. That, that they're taking that first week, they get it off. They would have been playing against Aston Villa at home, but instead they're starting on the 19th as well, September 19th against Wolves at the Molineux. Um, Arsenal's first game of the season is against newly promoted Fulham at Craven Cottage—that's away from—that's that's an away game for Arsenal. If you're not familiar with the ground names, Chelsea's first game of the season's away at Brighton. Like we said, they got Liverpool coming up. The Amex baby. After that, I'm trying to see if Liverpool's got it or if Chelsea's got a tough month. Yeah. Um. In the
1: meantime, in the meantime, quick question. You just you just brought up Arsenal. It reminded me. They just revealed. I don't know if it's their away or their third kit. Oh, they look year, ugly. But it's that they white look, alternate.
0: Looks like looks like granite top. I, think. I mean, I looked at it yeah, for a couple seconds, um, but I didn't like it
1: at first glance. There's been some, you know, some really suspect, you know, Premier League jersey choices going on. You know, I'm going to stay pretty quiet about this one as a Liverpool fan. Uh, I'm just going to voice my, you know, discomfort. I wouldn't say displeasure. I'll, I'll get into that, though. Uh, they got a – they have a blue kit for their away kit. And Ooh. by a team that calls themselves the Reds in Liverpool – I mean,
0: Manchester United has blue kits so before, too, so or the red doubles? Well, yeah, it's the away still. kit. It's not that big of a deal. And you just got to make it's sure you the color. You it's, supposedly the color the, uh, it's supposedly the color of the liver
1: bird. It's supposedly the color of the liver bird standing in the middle of Liverpool. Uh, you know,
0: I'm you guys, not- You guys just have like a toothpaste stripe on your sleeves. Yeah, your home just sleeves. the
1: designs, you know. The designs are weird. Everybody's got weird designs this year. Arsenal's got the granite countertop. Chelsea's got the three. With, Chelsea's you know, kits
0: are awful. All that. Chelsea usually has pretty some, good kits too, but they're terrible this year. Terrible.
1: I will say there is no kit that will be worse than the pink and neon Manchester City kit, though. That was a travesty. That was an eyesore. Just lemonade. I don't I don't ever want to see something like that in a top flight, you know top of the ladder competition wise league I i, I don't want to see that give give that to a team like you know someone in league two but like on a like obviously this might be a shallow point of view but on a national scale like that those jerseys yeah. are gross man
0: yeah I mean you, you, you win some and you lose some I mean luckily for soccer fans especially premier league team fans like you get new, new jerseys every year so yeah, I mean that's that's a good and bad thing because sometimes you get really good ones and it's just like the year afterwards or it's not as good. But then if you have bad kits, you're just like, thank God we're getting new ones too. Uh, and then I just wanted to touch on some of the last opening game fixtures for some of these the bigger teams: Tottenham's home against Everton, um, Wolves. I'll include them.
1: Oh no! No, not, that's they, the too.
0: <laughs> they they play Sheffield United away. Leicester play West Brom away. So I mean, overall, some pretty winnable games, I'd say, for kind of the bigger top eight teams. How many teams? Yeah. Do I include four, five, six. Seven, yeah, the top eight teams, pretty much. So, yeah, I'm sure
1: there will be some surprising results, but yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, obviously, everyone circles the. the the rivalry games, the big games in the calendar, but the first one we get right away is match day two, that Liverpool-Chelsea game. So, Liverpool, I, I'll be honest, I'll be, I'll be cheering for a draw of that game probably, just because well, obviously I don't want Liverpool to win the title, but also at the same time I'd say I Chelsea, Chelsea, to win Manchester United's main competition for third place this season and as of right now, it's a if if the team stayed the same right now, Chelsea would pr- probably finish above Manchester United in third place. So I know I said a couple of weeks ago that I'd probably say keep the top four the same for next season, but I that was two weeks ago when I thought we would have Sancho confirmed and we'd be moving on to some new targets as well. But yeah, I mean, I, I love looking at schedules. I mean, I, that's my fa- that's one of my favorite parts of the season. Like whatever sport it is, like my favorite teams. I always love to see when the big game, like who you're playing first, when the big games are. Um, yeah. So it's always an exciting day for me to look at the schedules. Absolutely. I agree with you too. It was definitely
1: when I got announced this morning, I was, I was all eyes, all ears, you know, that's what you look forward to, you know, marking the days on your calendar, looking forward to the rivalry games, texting your friends. Oh yeah, let's go. Like, September 19th, Liverpool versus Chelsea, let's get it. Like, that's the stuff you live for as a fan. Uh, Definitely excited. The season's really feeling like it's – you know, it just ended. I know. Like, it's really feeling like it's starting to creep back in, and that's an awesome feeling.
0: Yeah, I mean, also before the season starts, I mean, we're trying to do a fantasy Premier League kind of group that you can join. So, you got to get – it's not like a fantasy football – I mean, you could – we could do one as fantasy – kind of like fantasy football here where you draft a team and stuff, but this one you get like a hundred million and you get to choose your players each week pretty much. So if you want to join us, there's a link uh, on Twitter. I'll probably include it underneath the tweet with this episode as well. But if you're listening, but also if you're just listening, you just look up fantasy premier league and you just join a league. The code is four, four, three, foo, four, four, three F O O. So join it. I mean, I'm looking. I'm looking good. My team's looking pretty good right now, but of course, I didn't take into account that Manchester United and Manchester City aren't playing in that first week, so I'm gonna have to make some changes around that. So, yeah, but yeah, so I know, I know that you were talking about doing something like that earlier. Though, so yeah, just,
1: definitely looking forward to it. Have you seen my lineup yet?
0: I, I mean, so. I'm sure there's gonna be some changes. I just kind of made a preliminary lineup, just kind of tinker around with it because I'm not the most I'm not, I'm not. I don't have much knowledge about Fantasy Premier League, but I tried to do a draft league last year. But the draft league, like the, they don't really have a good app for it. Like you go inside the Premier League app, and then you just go. You go to the draft, and it would take you like within a, a browser within the app. It just isn't like an ESPN like fantasy app or like a sleeper app. So I don't know. Yeah. this like at least this kind of style of Premier League fantasy. It's like it's more more people play it. Uh, like it's like the most popular like style of it, and the, the, the app you actually can use the Premier League app to actually you get make to your use team the players you want to use. Yeah, and you can you you can change your team pretty much every week and stuff. I mean, I, I'm still gonna try to figure it out as I go, but I'm gonna try to get more into it this year just because. Uh, I mean, I usually watch as many games as possible anyway, but at least it gets me players to watch for if there's a crappy game going on. Because I know one of my center backs is Lewis Dunk, so. Uh give me a give me some that a reason. Shout, Louis Dunk. Give, 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 give me a reason to uh watch the Brighton games. So Yeah. I mean moving on, we're nearing the end of the episode. I guess we move on to tweet of the week. What do you have for us? Yeah. Well,
1: uh, you know, I got a tweet from Rizzy United, uh popular Manchester United fan account. Uh it's really funny actually. I think I've had tweets from Manchester United accounts every single
0: week. We've well, done the show because we are just we have had so much pain the last seven years that um, you know we we got to resort to just comedy to make ourselves feel a little bit of happiness. Well, yeah.
1: Anyways, uh, <laughs> this tweet was certainly some com. This tweet was certainly some comedy. Uh, you know, a lot of us have been down in the dumps recently with this whole corona thing. You know, some people aren't. You know, they're missing social interaction. It's getting them down in the dumps. This tweet, you know, was a friendly reminder. Uh, I'll try to describe it the best I can without going word for word. But uh, it was a reminder uh, that if you're having a bad day or if you're feeling down or, you know, if things aren't swinging your way, you're getting the short end of the stick, you just got to remember that Arsenal sold Serge Gnabry to give Alex I more playing time. 5 million. And that, for me, was the Twitter moment of the week. Right? Yeah, That was after that was the Sergeant uplifting Aubrey. message I needed. That was the uplifting moment I needed. Been having a little bit of a tough week, you know. Seeing some arsenal slander on my timeline always brightens the mood a little bit. And to, you know, match it yeah. up with some inspiration. It's a perfect tweet. Yeah, That's my Twitter it, moment of the week. just
0: right after right Serge Gnabry's just been tearing turn into part of the Champions League. and um, But, like, you can't really even, like, you try to banter the Arsenal fans about it, but they still kind of claim Serge Gnabry as an Arsenal player. I'm just like, it's just not how it works. Like, you guys are playing in, I don't know, mid-table matters. I mean, he's not your player anymore. So, I don't know. It's just, it's just, yeah, it's funny, though, because, of course, you sell a player that just didn't work out for your team. I mean, sometimes it works out like that, but, you know. Yeah, five million for Serge Gnabry. That's the, that's a steal. Uh, Absolute I guess, steal. I, my Twitter moment of the week. It's a little crossover between two of my favorite teams. I mean, not really, Well, two of my It includes one of my favorite teams, two of my favorite sports. But uh, last week, Hugh Darvish, Chicago Cubs pitcher, just dominated the Milwaukee Brewers, and that was that was after in the off season. Christian uh, Yelich, uh, probably the best player the Brewers have. I mean, he's been stinking it up this year. It's, it's been hilarious, but yeah, he's their best player, but and he said on Twitter he's like, yeah, long story short, like you Darvish is like saying thing or whatever and you and Kristen Jelic is like, yeah, nobody needs help facing you and like said that to you Darvish and then after the you Darvish just dominated the Brewers. And the Cubs Twitter was like, no, yeah, yeah, no, look, listen, okay, maybe someone could use a little help face of you, Darvish. And then a salty Brewers fan replied, yikes, what a toxic team and fan base. And this is where the soccer of Twitter moment of the week comes in. Somebody, I mean, this this Brewers fan gets ratio because he's replying to the Cubs official Twitter account, but. It's just the classic – just the only the only time I've actually, like, laughed at this meme ever or at this gif was just – it's just the crying Mbappe gif and just at the at the salty Brewers fans. So, I mean, hmm. over the last couple of years, Brewers fans have been getting down my nerves a little bit. I mean, I, I, I know a couple of Brewers fans. I mean, they're, uh, they're my friends, but, you know, as a whole, I mean, I, they don't like the Cubs either. So, I mean, it, it's a two-way street. But, you know, it's the only time I've ever yeah. seen the Mbappe try and meme actually like you know make me chuckle a little work bit. so yeah it's just like you know what sorry brewers fans your, your teams that are performing you can go cry about it a little bit so i mean that that's that's pretty much the end of the episode pretty much unless you have anything else to add yeah i i don't really have anything else uh just
1: want to you know give a quick shout out to everybody who's been listening uh you know who you are obviously you're here you're listening to this Um uh, Appreciate it. We're just, you know, trying to reach not necessarily a massive audience or a big Uh, audience or or even a medium-sized one.
0: No, we're reaching the biggest audience possible.
1: For right now, uh, we're taking any interaction we can get. And uh, for all you guys that are listening, we really
0: appreciate it. Yeah, That's all I got. Yeah. Thanks for listening, guys. If you know anyone that might be interested in our podcast or in our show, you know, definitely share it with them. Let them know because, you know what? especially if they're either Manchester United fans or Liverpool fans. I mean, I know it's like at this point, it's really tough to kind of talk a little bit equally equally about the other teams, especially like Chelsea, Arsenal, Tottenham, you know, Man City and stuff. But, you know, the just games aren't going on at this point. So, obviously, we're – we're more in we're we're more in di- or in tune with kind of uh, what our teams are up to these days and like the transfer window and stuff. But you know, when the season starts going around we'll definitely be looking at the games like of the week pretty much. I mean obviously we'll talk about what our teams did over the weekend, but I mean if something sticks out if Chelsea ends up, you know, winning three two in the Arsenal 90, climbs 90, out of the ninety third minute or something, or if there's a big injury or if there's a big transfer that happens. I mean, I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about Kai Havertz, Chelsea, when that deal finally gets confirmed. I mean, that deal is all but confirmed at this point. I think those teams just need to agree on a fee. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I, if you if you're not a fan of either of our teams and you're a fan of a different Premier League team, you know, I I I, I try my hardest to be a little to be as, you know. Uh, objective as possible when talking about the Premier League especially as a whole but you know I will be posh, passionate about Manchester United so I mean if especially I mean I'm sure everyone's hoping for a potential rant and that might come out if Manchester United just blow it in the in the in the transfer window or if they have a bad loss I mean I'm sure people wouldn't tune into that so I mean you can always have that going for you you know so you can always just cheer for I mean everyone cheers against my team anyway so I'm used to it. It's, yeah. I, I've lived my whole life like that, pretty much. I, in all my teams, pretty much, uh, I'm usually in the minority when it comes to uh, people cheering for those teams, and usually people want my teams to lose. I mean, I know you're the same way with with Cubs in the package yeah, as totally. well. But so we're, we're we're used to it, and we're used to it. But uh, yeah, so I mean, tune in when you can. Thanks for tuning in, and uh, yeah, just share share the episode with friends with family co-workers with anyone that you know that's either die hard you know premier league fan or is just trying to like learn about the game at, at all i know that one of our good friends alex riddle he's in the process of adopting a new team he's going to become he, he's been a fan of the premier league for maybe a l- little bit more than a year now i mean not like a hardcore like knows what the ins and, outs Wait, and who was Wait, who is this? Riddle. Alex Riddle. He's, he's in a, a Burnley fan? Oh, not a Burnley fan. What are you talking about? I thought you said Burnley fan. No, he's in the – that's big nut. I, Anthony Santangelo, he's the Burnley fan. But, yeah, he's in the – Riddle's yeah. in the process of getting a new team, so he's going to let us know here. He, I think he's sending a questionnaire to some – to uh, some, to a group of guys or something that are going to let him know who his team's going to be. But, yeah, uh. Yeah, so if you have any any people that you know that are looking to kind of you know get into get into the Premier League, let them let them know about this about this uh, about this podcast because you we tried I mean, there might be some terms or some stories that you don't really understand or it might be a go over over your head a little bit, but I think that's the best or way. Or we're to just
1: go. completely wrong. There, we could just be completely wrong about something too, you never know.
0: Yeah, I mean I think the best way to learn about the game anyway is just to dive head first and just kind of immerse yourself in all the information you can just because that's the best way to learn, I think. At least it is for me. So, yeah, just share the podcast. Let people know about us. You know, I want to have 10 million listeners by the end of next week. So, we'll see if we can get, we can we'll get, get it. it. We all can get right, it. We can do so, it. Yeah, follow, follow Jello on Twitter. Follow him on Twitch. You don't have to follow me on Twitter. I mean, I hope you do, but I've just been... Talking about the Cubs <laughs> recently. I mean, it's been an up and down week for them, but you know Manchester United get
1: Javi out of the three hole. He he needs to
0: get out of the three hole. Or he uh, he's been awful this year. I don't know what's going on. It's a different but, discussion for a different time though. Yeah, but yeah, it's good to see you again, Jello. I'm ready for uh Yeah, of course. Next Always week pleasure, man. next next week's episode. We're gonna be talking about, you know, big Champions League final game. Hopefully it's an all time classic, better than last year's, you know. I'm sure you'll disagree with that statement, but yeah, I'm looking forward to I the game. Mean, you I'm know, look- in
1: terms of gameplay, we can hope for better, but in terms of a result, I can't ask for much more.
0: In terms of in terms of questionable refereeing decisions, hopefully we have a better ref this game. No first-minute wonky penalties. Um, but, yeah, I'm looking forward to Sunday. Tune in. 2 o'clock Central Time, CBS All Access. 3 o'clock Act. Eastern. Just get the, get the app, do the free trial. It's the best way to watch it. They do good pregame, good postgame. I mean, even though they have Jamie Carragher and Michael Richards, I you know, Liverpool, ex-Liverpool, ex-Man City players. But, you know, I found, I found out the other day that the studio host, Kate Abdo, Manchester United fan. So I, I knew she was the girl of my dreams always. So I'd love to hear that. So, yeah, can't yeah, wait. can't wait. In, brother. Can't, can't, <laughs> it's all right. Can't wait for Sunday. And, uh, yeah, talk to you guys soon. Yeah, see you.